Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been, it will always be, about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined as I am every Friday by my colleague, NBA futures analyst, Brandon Anderson. You can follow him on Twitter for as long as Twitter's around, at Wheaton Brando. Brandon, how's your Friday? Uh, it is good. It is uh, yeah, better than Twitter, I think, perhaps for all of us, probably right now. So yeah, we, uh, we're a week till the holiday. I'm ready to eat some some Thanksgiving turkey, watch some football and basketball and college and World Cup. And oh my goodness, is there a lot of sports happening right now? So I'm ready to talk some win totals. Let's let's dig into it. Yeah. So in today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to take a look at we're uh, over a month in now. We're almost 20 percent of the way through the season. We're going to take a look at where the win totals are that we bet in preseason. I believe a lot in going over these to try and figure out not only where we were wrong uh, to hold us accountable, but also to look at like, okay. What do we learn from that? And also look at what we did right. Like, what are we rooting for the rest of the way? And of course, in the last segment, we'll get you some best bets for what you can bet right now while these numbers are still available at the books, at multiple books. You can still bet uh, win totals for the regular season, including FanDuel Sportsbook, sponsor of the show. If you want to see what bets we've made on the win totals and will continue to make, you can track them in the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on. And if you're worried about losing all of my great insights and, and information over on the old Twitter, in case that thing does not make it through the weekend, uh, you can check everything out I've got out at the Action Network app. Uh, I will just tell you this, if I lose Twitter as a means for me to be posting stuff, I'm going to be posting a lot more content over at Action Network and just dropping it into various columns and things like that. Got to get these thoughts out somewhere. So make sure to download the award-winning Action Network app. All right, Brandon, let's start with the bad. I always like doing the, whenever somebody does the, do you want the, I've got good news and bad news. I am always like, give me the bad news first. Like I always, always want the bad news first. And then we can talk about what the good news is. Uh, Let's do the bad news. And I'll go ahead and start here. So one of my bigger positions in preseason was the Boston Celtics under 55 and a half. They are on pace to break that by a full 10 games even if we kind of alleviate some measure of this for their offense which has been record setting so far they're still on pace to go over by a high amount their pythagorean expectation over at cleaning the glass we're going to use that a lot if you remember from our win totals before the season i talked a lot about how you want to fade that number going into the next season. But in season, those numbers are actually a little bit more predictive because it tells you a little bit more. Research has shown that basically your point differential versus your strength of schedule gives you a much better indication of like how good of a team you actually are. And obviously that regulates over the course of the season. The Celtics Pythagorean expectation is 58. 
So while they're on pace in raw wins for a 65 win season, their numbers say that they're probably closer to a 58 win team. That gets me closer to the 55 and a half. I'll just be honest with you, Brandon. I don't feel like they should be able to keep up this torrid offensive start. Even if the defense regresses, (laughs) they are shooting so well, but they probably will. Like, even though I don't think that they should be able to, I just kind of feel like this is, I'm looking at, uh, I was worried about this bet from the perspective of, I faded the Suns last year and they were even better. I faded the Celtics this year and it looks like they're even better. Yeah, I think the thing that stood out to me is, you know, we 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 talked obviously a lot about the Celtics last year in the playoff run, but even before that, they were so hot, that late three-month stretch of schedule. And we kept debating when do you like when do you try to catch the the falling knife? And we tried. We tried a bunch of times and uh we we ended up in the hospital <laughs> a couple of <laughs> times on them. But the thing that I think was unexpected to both of us here is that this is not even, we thought, I'll speak for myself, I thought, all right, well, when Robert Williams is back, at least, the defense will be great again. Clearly, the defense will be awesome, but they're not going to be the number one offense forever. We know that happened last spring, but they can't keep having the number one EFG and just hitting every shot forever. Surprise! That's what the Celtics are right now, and that's the thing that stands out is, They're number one in EFG. They're number one in offensive rating. And at this point of the season, offense for me is is almost a little stickier in most parts where unless it's just like a crazy outlier shooting, which I'm not sure that that's really what this looks like necessarily, like their defense around league average. But that's not even a problem to me because, spoiler alert to Marcus Smart voters, Boston is missing their actual best defensive player right now. And we'll get to Jaron Jackson later, but I was surprised when I looked at Memphis is another one where they were top defense last year. And now they're kind of middle-class. I was surprised to see how much one elite defender like that can really move the needle defensively and less worried about Memphis's defense there. And I think with Robert Williams, the same thing. So if the defense moves from league average to eventually top five, once they get him and the offense is this good, Man, that's a juggernaut team. And I came away thinking, okay, I still don't hate your under 55 and a half because really the position never was, I think Boston sucks this year. Like that wasn't it. The point is 55 and a half is a really high number. It's a great idea historically to fade the really high number because, oh man, any little thing can go wrong. And there was a lot of little things that were going wrong coming into the year. Danilo Gallinari was out. Turns out Sam Hauser is maybe better for what they needed anyway. Robert Williams was out. Turns out the offense was going to be great. Ime Adoka was out. Turns out Joe Mazzula has done a pretty nice job with this team. So, sure. I mean, they're on pace right now to go slightly over. I, I don't think it's a number that even if it were out there right now, I don't feel like I'd need to really take a position on it. It's just such a high-end outcome for a team. Yeah, they're absolutely playing like a 60-win team. And I think to me, here's the takeaway. If the offense really is this good, and I think we have to believe the defense should be really good again when healthy, then are these Celtics the version that existed in February and March and April and maybe just got Robert Williams, their clear defensive linchpin, not healthy down the stretch playoff run? Should they just be a clear title favorite? If the offense is this good and the defense gets healthy, aren't they just the best team? Yeah, they are. If those things are true. Yeah. Like this is the question. This is what, so this is what I have. I said this yesterday on Twitter and I have a hard time with it. I do expect the defense to regress. I'm with you on that. I expect the defense to regress back to where we expected to be top five, top 10. 
Okay. Uh, they are two and a half points better per under possessions schedule adjusted than the number two offense in the NBA, the Sacramento Kings. They're <laughs> two and a half points better. Like in, in adjusted net, they're plus 7.9. They're 1.8 points better than Phoenix. That's a huge freaking margin. Yep. The shooting. I would love to sit here and tell you that they're just shooting well above what they should be, but second spectrum data provide action network. They are actually number two in the difference between what they should be shooting based off of shot location, opponent distance and contest level and who's shooting they're second in that. So they're shooting well above and those numbers will come down. So that means not like second, second luckiest shooting essentially. Yeah. Second hottest shooting. Yeah. Okay. But, but they're not so high that it's like absurd. It's less than three percentage points above the expected EFG behind the n- number two team. Right. The so, so they're high in that mark, but they're not the same outlandishly high as they are in actual offensive rating. Right. Right. And so like, if that's just, but here's, but again, just here's where it gets to. I'm not going to fade him again because I'm not going to chase bad money with good. The number right now is 56 and a half. If you told me you wanted to bet on it right now, I'd be like, bet the under. I'm yeah. sorry. I just, this is not Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. This is not Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Ray Allen. This is not, this doesn't, this team, I'm sorry. I, I cannot get to a place where this Celtics team is one of the best teams that we've ever seen. I can't get there. I just, that's who they've told us they are. And so Celtics fans are like, hey, we are what the record says we are. And the record says that we're the best team by a mile. Totally understand that. I I can't fade them right now, but I can't bet them either because it it does not make any sense to me how good they are offensively. Yeah. And I think too, we've talked about this a lot on the profiles the profile of a number one offense and league average defense, which is what they are right now until Robert Williams comes back and is healthy and fully Robert Williams again. Right now, Boston is an offensive juggernaut with a league average defense. That profile of team is not is a higher variance team. Offense, you just miss your shots some night and you're going to lose a game to the Magic or to the Pistons or somebody when the shots just don't go defensive elite defense what they were last year was a safer higher night to night floor in regular season win combo so i think even there that this profile of the team is going to lose some random weird game because not because they're bad but because that's how this profile works until the defense moves back to what we think it will be there is still some room for for variance there that i think is going to still keep them right around the 55 and a half 56 and a half so I agree. It would be a no bet for me because I just I don't need to grab it at that number for a team so good. But if I have to pick a side, I have to play under. It's just it's a really high number, and we have a long season to go. You and I are both so high on the Philadelphia 76ers. We had such high hopes. We really believed, <laughs> and they haven't face planted. They're fine, but not the start we were looking for to hit a yeah. number of over 51. Uh their Pythagorean expected is just 46. They're expected to win just 46 games based off of point differential. They have to go 45 and 23 the rest of the way as we sit here on recording on Friday morning for us to get there. And the Harden injury out for a month is already an issue. They were able to get by the Hawks and Utah behind monstrous efforts from Joel Embiid. We know that that's hard for Embiid to sustain from in terms of playing every night standpoint, playing heavy minutes. We're not dead here. We we need a, a winning streak. 
but and like some of the advanced numbers on Philly are really good. Like they're sixth in adjusted net rating based off of strength of schedule. Their strength of schedule has actually been really tough, sixth overall. But at the same time, I I do kind of think that we we might be taking an L on this one, which is going to hurt because we had both the over and division bets in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the over. I had division bets. I had Doc Rivers, which I know you hated all along. I had Joel Embiid. We had a lot of Sixers positions here. I was surprised, though, digging into this. I, I thought you just said we're not dead. Two weeks in, we were dead. I thought like I was already ready to to plan the funeral. Looking at the profile, preparing for this, I'm like, okay, where are we at? Like you said, 20% in where things have stabilized a little bit. And oh, by the way, Joel decided to play the last 10 games after not really bothering the first couple of weeks of the season. Joel Embiid is back and looks like an MVP candidate again. Oh, look, the Sixers are a pretty solid team again. Like, they're pretty good. If you throw out the first little stretch that went badly, I don't think this bet looks too terrible. That's not a defense for it. Obviously, it certainly looks under 50 and a half right now. I see the line right now is 46 and a half plus 100 to the over. If I'm new on this bet, I kind of like the over, to be honest. This profile of the team looks pretty solid to me. Harden was way better than we really thought he was going to be at this stage of his career. Embiid looks great again after a tough start. The defense at basketball reference, their defense is fourth in defensive rating. That stunned me when I saw that number because my whole thing on why I love the Sixers was, oh, their defense is going to be great. And I did the convoluted MB defensive player of the year thing. I understand. But my my impression until I looked at the number is like, oh, well, that, that hasn't happened. The defense was terrible. Obviously, Harden not being out there probably helps the defense a little bit and is why the offense is a bit lower. Those probably average out a little bit over time. But overall, I don't hate the profile here. I don't hate the position. I, I certainly think it's live. I, I, the division bet, probably not feeling great about that because we're in the Celtics division. We just talked about them. So I, I, I'm not feeling, not loving the division look here. We're probably like 10 games off the pace there on the course of a season. But I think the win total is in play. I think I certainly, I did the sky is falling on Philadelphia real fast when things looked ugly early. And I think we've kind of righted the ship and we're going to end up not so far from where we originally expected on the number is just that I love the over because I thought this was maybe a 60-win team or pushing yeah. that way. It's not that. It's not going to be that. We might we might luck out and, and still get a chance to hit her over. They're already four and a half back of the Celtics yeah. because of the tiebreaker, um, which they've, they've lost one of the, the four matchups. If you say, like, Matt, the playoffs are five months from now, totally get it. I'm telling you that when you win, when you're at a fifth, when you're talking about two 50-win teams, four and a half is a lot. That's a lot of yeah. games to make out. Four and a half out of 15 games played so far is a yep. third of the games. That's yep. a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of the games. Uh, okay, the Denver Nuggets, I have over 51. It was the other team I took the over on the 51 on. Uh, they were a team that I I talked all this time about how much I don't like taking the over 50. That's been a key number in these conversations. And yet I bet Sixers and, Sel- and Nuggets both over 51. Um, they're projected somewhere between 46 and 47 based on Pythagorean. Um I'm not worried right now. They're going to take a little bit of a bump here because Nicole, as we record this, Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray are both in health and safety. So they're going to lose these games of the Mavericks this weekend. They're going to look, their record's going to look worse. This team profile is exactly where I thought they would be. I think we're going to be fine there. The big thing to keep in mind is that their, their schedule, here's how it worked out. Their schedule was weak teams on the road early, and they were in a great spot before Jokic got, got put in health and safety. 
January, they play tougher opponents, but they're all at home. Their middle part of the schedule is extremely home heavy. And we know how big of an advantage that can be for uh, teams having to play in altitude versus Denver. Denver doesn't necessarily play a style that takes advantage of it by playing fast, but they, they still have done very well at home. I totally think the Denver is going to be fine here. Denver's sixth in offense. They're 25th in defense adjusted. The defense has been terrible the first couple of games. They started to right the ship when they were healthy. I think by the end of the season, they're going to be exactly where they're where they, where they want to be. I still feel fine about Nuggets over 51. Yeah, I think that's basically about where I'm at on it. I, I don't love it right now. I, honestly, I think I was hoping for a little more from Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray early on. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. can't miss a shot, so obviously that the shooting is going just fine. But the overall profile, especially Jamal Murray, just hasn't been great. And honestly, you you said that like you said that it's going to take some slow ramp up on him, and you're plugged in well with all things Denver. So I think I maybe just got a little too early optimistic on this team. Really, we believed in Denver futures. I think even more than the the necessarily the over under. And I still feel pretty okay with Denver futures and where things are going like this. This is a team that already knows what they are. They know who they're supposed to be and they know that they need to be ready in April and May. And I think that's how they're treating this. And that's not great for a season over under because you're going to set out a game here and there. You're going to, you're going to like lose the small battle to win the longer war. That's not the thing you really want when you're pushing for an over or my Michael Malone, other coach of the year position, feel like I maybe might not cash my coach of the year positions when those are the two that I had. So, but yeah, I, I did notice, by the way, I, I had an over 50 and a half here. The line still is at 50 and a half. Yeah. I might just buy out and, and like, I, I don't love it. I, I would rather have the under right now. So I, I might mm-hmm. look into buying out of it and just saying, you know what? I feel fine about the Denver title and conference futures and those sorts of things. I'm just not sure. They're clearly not healthy enough and ready enough defensively, especially to be a regular season juggernaut. The the version that's healthy with this roster, I love. And I think it can still get there later. Am I crazy to just maybe buy out of it and get out clean on this one? I would tell you not to. Um, here's why. So they've already played six games versus teams over 500, which isn't a ton. In games versus teams below 500, they're seven and one. So over the course of the season, they're just going to rack up a huge margin in these types of things. They've been there. That game versus the Knicks was their first home loss. That was without Nikola Jokic. If you don't think that Nikola Jokic is going to miss significant time and there's no reason for you to think he is, I would tell you to go ahead and stick with the over. But I understand if you wanted to, I'm never, ever going to say that somebody shouldn't, if you don't feel great about it, buy out if you have, you have the opportunity, you know, you should only be, be in yeah. on bets that you have a high level of confidence in. It's like investing. You should have, you should have confidence in the company. I have a lot of confidence. I, I think this team is absolutely a juggernaut when they get fully healthy. They just haven't been there. Yeah. Well, and um, you know how I, how I play these, like similar to Philadelphia here. I don't, I don't feel like an over 50 and a half is out of reach for either team. Yeah. But when I play these and my, my projections set up much wider range off than what yeah. a lot of them do. Like I had Denver and Philly as the two teams I thought could be the best record in each conference and possible 60 win teams. So this is me saying, you know what? I'm not seeing 60-ish wins out there for Denver anymore, but could they still be 52, 53, 51 and get to my over? Yeah, that's just a much going in clean right now. I wouldn't make the bet anymore because I don't have the huge margin that I normally would be looking for, but I I probably would still put them a little over. Who else you got? 
My last one in the bad is uh, I bet the Orlando Magic over 27. It was the one team that I, I talked about. You can bet the number, the spot, or the team. This is the one that I bet the team on the over the most. I was like, I just I want to have I want to have money on this Magic over. I like this team construct. I like how it's built. Uh, they're actual projected based off of their win loss record. They're on pace to win 21 games, which would obviously be six under. Their Pythagorean expectation is 35. Now, it's fine to be like they're not going to be 35 wins. I don't need them. I need them 28 or better. Uh, I actually feel really good about this. I <laughs> like they're they're a team that's improving game by game. I don't have huge concerns about Jamal Mosley's coaching the way I do with some of the other bad teams that are at the real bottom of this. They're going to get Markel Fultz back and Cole Anthony back at some point. They just need a freaking point guard, any freaking point guard. And this situation would be so much better. There's so many possessions where Franz has had to basically play point forward and do everything on the creation side. That's a really tough role for him, especially for a young guy. Uh, Paolo's been out. That's obviously impacted things. And yet they're still finding ways to be competitive and they're improving. The defense is starting to get where I want to see it get to. If we look under the hood here, they're up to 23rd in defensive rating. That's not so far off of the 18th ranking that they were last year. The offense is 24th. It's bad for sure. They have no point guard and Paolo has been out. If you're missing two of your uh, two starters for this type of team, it's going to be really killer. I think they'll get him back at some point. I think I'm going to be okay on 27. It's going to be close. Don't get me <laughs> wrong, but I'm, I am not on a, I would not buy out of this position. If I had the opportunity to, I'm not going to double down. I'm not going to buy out. I'm okay at where I'm at on 27 on the Magic. I think this team is going to be okay, not terrible. So I don't have too much on the Magic. My my question for you is, so you need 28 wins. 28 wins, I think we'll agree, is not going to put you last in the East. I think you probably have to finish ahead of at least two, I'll say three teams probably. Who are your three East teams that you would expect the Magic to finish ahead of to get to your 28? Charlotte, Detroit. There's enough options for the third one. Yeah, where I think that's it. Like, it's Washington. Yeah. Or... Charlotte and Detroit and somebody else that Brad Beal gets injured and they're like, all right, we're out of here. That's well, like someone Washington like that. Or Indiana or it gets tough there. Yeah. But I will say this just, I, I think for part of the margin here is I think the other teams are going to be so bad. The value of tanking is going to be tough to argue for Orlando. Like this is one of the ideas I have for some of these teams and we're kind of seeing it. Detroit's going to be so bad. It's going to be really tough to be worse than them. You're not going to be worse than Houston. Like Orlando's not going to finish with a worse record than Houston or Detroit. They just, they're, they're more. Confident. Okay. I, I agree. But I believe I thought that coming into the year about five or six of these teams, who else, who else than Detroit or Houston? Because I would have put OKC in that mix. I would have put, Maybe Orlando in the mix. Like we're running short on the really, really bad teams. Actually, San Antonio went five and five, mostly by paying the playing the Clippers and Wolves. And since then, they we've been like, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, well, oh. we'll, get, we'll get back to them. Yeah, they are <laughs> they are a mirror team. So I yeah. think there's, I think I think there's enough. It's yeah, gonna be close, but I think it, there's enough there. Uh, let's get to some of yours. Let's talk yeah. about the Jazz. Yeah, so the Jazz, not one of those teams, as it turns out. Not one of those worst-in-the-league teams, as it turns out. I had a Jazz under 28 that I grabbed as it was dropping, dropping after the trade started coming, and I thought the tea leaves said, all right, we're blowing this thing up. We're burning it to the ground. Like, literally on our Google Doc, I have Jazz under 28. 
Well, like, I don't, what else is there to say here? You can't be much more wrong on one than that. Uh, here's my question. If a book offered a jazz under 28 right now, what juice would they have to put on that for it to be the right bet to, to still, for you to even consider taking, like, uh, clearly my jazz under 28, which I had multiple units on, is just dead and gone. But anything can happen. It's a long season. What juice would you need to give me on under 28 to think about taking that right now? Plus 275. Does that sound right? Yeah, I'm not taking that back. <laughs> right. you, you, you may you may be right, but yeah, I, I do we over under 500? I know we're going to get to the jazz. Well, let's let's save it. You, you've got a position on the jazz later. So we'll, we'll come back to that. I will say, look, I bet this when they traded Donovan, I bet impulsively the under at 28 and felt because I was just like, oh, this is clearly what the direction is. There will be more moves. And then they just trade Bogdanovich. <laughs> like if if they if I if you told me like, hey, they're gonna keep this exact same roster, I would have paused. It's honestly for me, it's a good lesson in take a look at the roster. Because yeah. once I looked at the roster, I did this when, I, when we talked about it on the pod. I did this when I wrote up the thing for action. I when I wrote the guide for them, I was like, this roster is too good. They okay, this team can't tank without extreme intervention. Yeah. And that's kind of been the problem. Uh yeah, I, I I I had the same thing. I after that trade, my numbers put them, if I remember right, something like low to mid thirties, like 33, 35 ish range. And, but this, this was fully not me being like, yeah, but I just hate Jordan Clarkson. I do hate Jordan Clarkson, but this was me saying, yeah, but they're going to, Mike's going to be gone. Like they're going to get rid of more guys. I'm going to jump out ahead of this. And you know, like, you, you know me, I play these positions early. I want to get the big number and the big edge. And if you want to get the big jump on the edge, you're gonna you're gonna miss sometimes. Well, so I missed on this one. I'll say this: they've lost three in a row. They're six and four in their last ten. Well, maybe they'll definitely be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Maybe they'll definitely be a mirror team and just they'll go on a, a wild yeah, losing streak we'll after this hot start. And we'll look back and be like, remember the Jazz were good for two weeks? <laughs> I don't think that that's, that's out of the question. Uh, what else so. you got for bad for the bad for you? Yeah, the one big one that I... Uh, I... I just misread the the jazz. I don't feel so terrible about it. the one that I really hate is the Clippers. The Clippers were my last real ad. They were a team that I just was like, nope, 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 not going to do it. I'm not doing the Clippers this year. I know what this is. We're going to wait all year to see is Kawhi playing and is PG playing and what does the rotation look like? And it reminded me so much of the, the nets from a couple of years ago where like multiple versions of nets different now, but the one where like, Okay, so I guess we're title favorites now, whatever this team is that we saw five times all year. I knew, I knew that's what I thought this Clippers team was. And then I kept looking and I got excited about Kawhi and I got excited about the depth. And I just, I bought in and I ended up going from lean over and maybe division to, I bought the over 51 and a half. I bought the division. I don't, those aren't terrible. My my Kawhi, MVP ticket is my like biggest regret of the preseason because goodness, that just has 
South. It's a, it's an, it's an insult to South. What direction that has gone. I, I'm, I had my plus nine fifty to miss the playoffs ticket on the Clippers a couple weeks ago, and we did this. And I think that you probably think that that suddenly doesn't look good either. I think that you probably feel like I got the wrong extreme ends of both of these. I feel pretty okay with my missing the playoffs ticket, to be honest. I, yeah. I don't like this team. Kawhi came back and great, played a third game. They are near dead last in offensive rating. The defense looks really good by rating, but like I don't really like the profile. It looks like a lot of lucky shooting profile to me. They don't force turnover. They don't force turnovers and they're turning over a lot. They're not rebounding well. They're playing slow. I, I want out on this team. I I I am happy to have the plus 950 miss the playoffs. You talked me into the over, and I bet it after after being talked into it by you. So I don't think we're gonna hit. I think your 950 is gonna be dead too. Um at dunks and threes, Brandon, like they're 30th in, in offensive rating. Do we really think that this team is the worst offensive team in basketball? No, certainly not, because that implies that the Lakers no longer exist in the world. Or the oh. Pistons. Or <laughs> the or the No, but so we, clearly we agree that it will get better than 30th. But the fact that it is 30th for 20% of the season but has to be meaningful. But it's inexplicable. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like last night. Ty Lue said he, he focused on them shooting more threes and they just didn't like, I don't know what they're going to have to do to get, it's really weird. They're just like not playing like they used to. I'm not going to, that's the big thing is I can't blame you for this because I, you, there's no way to foretell that this, the Clippers would literally just like not listen to Ty Lue, which is what's happening right now. As you remember, our good friend Raheem Palmer of the <laughs> ringer podcast network has compared Ty Lue to the greatest coaches of all time. Would love to yeah. see that right now with an overtake. Yeah. But let uh, Raheem would be very strongly referring to him as Tyron Lou right Tyron. now. When he brings out the whole first name, you know that he is not happy. And it has been a Tyron season so far. So, yeah, one yeah. more on the bad. What yeah, one more. I took the under on Oklahoma City. I tried to kind of build, I think I called it like the Poop Fecta trio or something like that. Just, I really felt like some of these bad teams were going to be real bad and really lean heavily into the tank early on. And we just we haven't really seen that so far. It's a long season, so maybe we still get there. Oklahoma City is basically at 500. I don't hate the position still, to be honest. Like I think absolutely it could still get under this. We're a Shea injury away from it. This bottoming out in a hurry. I know you like guys like Dort and Giddy. Uh, the metrics aren't very good for those guys to me. This, to me, this is a one man team doing literally everything. And if Shea keeps playing this well, then they'll keep doing everything and hanging around a little bit. But I think at some point his history tells us he probably gets hurt. Like, I don't know if they'll shut it down. We're, 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 when you're 500, you can't just shut it down. But I, I took the under. The line right now is 30.5. I, I kind of love that under. Like, I, I don't want to do a double down necessarily. I don't think this is a team that's going to win in the 30s and push for a play-in spot. They're, I just don't think this roster is very good. Shea has been fantastic. But I don't like anything else about the team right now. So I don't mind your position. I just think your cap's wrong. So I think your your, your ultimate play, like I don't think that the the under's dead. I think this is like the Jazz, where you're just like, all these guys are terrible, and I'm like, no, like they're <laughs> there's a there's just there's a lot of pretty good players on this team. They're not great. Here's one in your favor, though. The reason, like, I think that you probably are alive here. This is this stood out to me when I was doing research yesterday. The Thunder are six and five versus teams over 500. 
as a comparison point, the Blazers are the number one team in the West and they're five and three. The Hmm. Boston Celtics are six and two. Like they have as many wins against teams over 500, not the same win percentage, but the same number of wins as the Celtics do versus teams over 500. And you go, okay, well, what's their record versus under 500 teams? Only one in three. They haven't played the weaker part of their schedule, but part of the problem is that the Thunder are in any given Sunday game type of team. Like any given night, the Thunder can win or the Thunder can lose. Those teams over the course of a season will lose more than they will win. Yeah. 30 is a low number still. Um, I've We've argued this in the, the action slack. I'll just tell you, my position is not that Sam Presti is definitely going to tank or definitely not going to tank. It's that I don't think it's necessarily set in stone. I don't, I think it's a fluid dynamic. Uh, you say you talk about like those guys and the, the, the other guys, Lou Dort and Josh Giddy and their advanced metrics not being good. My point would be they have this record and their better players have still lost their minutes. Yeah. If those things, if those guys play a little bit better, if they have a good month of play, Shea can go back down a bit and they're still that's good. True. So yeah, that, I, that's true. But the, the, these young guys have never had the metrics that I'm looking for. Like we're, we're saying they have to be better than what they've really ever been by the, the measures I'm looking at. Uh, other other troubling red flags for me more than just, I think these guys suck. Cause that's a fair, <laughs> that's fair to point that out. They're third in pace. To me, that's troubling because if there's a team that I don't like that I think is worse than most opponents, you don't want to be a, ha- a fast pace because that's more chances to lose possessions down the stretch. I don't like that. They take a ton of twos, but they're dead last in free throw rate. I really don't like that because that is not a good modern offense or efficient offense profile. They are right now top five forcing and limiting turnovers. Obviously, that's good. But to me, they're just there are some red flags here of things where I'm like, okay, I feel like this is a team that is just running it down people's throats and catching some teams off guard that are like, oh, good, we got the thunder tonight. Yep. We got this one. And I think when a team says, oh, hey, these guys are showing up, they're going to run at us and they're going to be really all over us defensively and forcing turnovers. You got to actually show up guys tonight. We actually have to try here. And I think the team there, there are enough teams that are just better when they're prepared for some of these things that I still like, I would have thought the Thunder be somewhere near the twenties right now. I'd put them something like 27 or 28 based on whether I like them or not, they've won seven out of 15 games so far. Those count. So it, it moves it up a little bit. But overall, I still think the profile of this team is similar to what I thought coming in. I don't think they're going to tank, but I, I don't love the under 25 that I have. I still feel pretty good about under 30 and a half. I think it'll be one of my favorite bets right now. Uh, two things, and then we got to move on. Um, one, I would say you've mentioned the turnover stuff. That's why the pace is important. They play at a slow pace and they don't turn the ball over, right? It's like they're limited. The Thunder are beating you by limiting mistakes. No, they played a fast pace. Their third fastest in pace. That's that's the trouble to me is to to me, they are a havoc team. Like they're just creating chaos. And when you're not ready for it, uh oh, chaos made our life terrible. But But when you're prepared. That's that's fair. My other that's a good point. My other thing though would be is when you're like, well, I think other teams will be better prepared for this. This is the NBA regular season, Brandon. No one prepares for anything. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> no, no one pays attention to it. No one scouts. No one does game prep. It's just go and keep playing because the league schedule is stupid. Let's talk about the good because I'm I'm feeling good about a number of, of positions. Yeah. 
This is one that I've got good. That's a bad for you. So we're going to use that as a transition point. Uh, I took Warriors under 53 and a half. And this was, we, we talked about how you have to choose one team in the Pacific to fade, one team to back and one team to stay away from. Uh, I chose to fade the Warriors. Lo and behold, I, I, are you, you got to admit the overseas training camp thing is starting to get a little spooky, right? A little bit, a little spooky. Well, the box were overseas. So how, how spooky are we going here? Are we selecting? Well, the offense spooky? is terrible. The Bucks offense yeah, that's, is terrible. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they just play week schedule. Uh, look, they, they're a mess. I, here's a, here's the thing that well, they're a mess in record. And you know what the number one five man lineup minimum one hundred minutes is net rating, Brandon? Is it Warriors? Is it's it Steph Warriors. and Clay and Draymond it's and the, the good guys? <laughs> it's the starting unit. The starting yeah. unit for the Golden State Warriors are the number one. They're gonna be fine. This is this was my entire freaking. This is why like I'm so excited about it. It's been perfect, even though like them losing all the the away games is a little bit of an outlier. This has been perfect. Like, they're still fine. They're still going to be in the championship race. They're going to be okay. They're just not going to win 54 fucking games. Like, too high of a bar for a team with no motivation to get there, trying to work in all the young guys who lost Otto Porter and the Manja Bielitsa and Gary Payton. They missed those guys. That's clear. They're going to have to figure out the Wiseman thing. That's tough. They're talking about playing J. Mike Moore. That makes sense. They will get better. You're going to see a Warriors win streak in January. You're going to see a Warriors win streak in March. They're going to be fine. This team is going to be in the conversation for the title. When we get to April, whatever, I have the date in front of me for when the playoffs start, I'm probably going to be telling you that the best bet on the board is the Warriors to win the title. They're going to be like a four seed, and they're going to have no momentum. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, they're just kind of there. They haven't been great this year. And I'm going to be ramming it down on this this podcast throat (laughs) about how the Warriors – with Steph, Clay, and Draymond healthy, have not lost except 2016 in the greatest comeback of all time because of a five-minute period that involved one of the biggest head cases in the NBA hitting a big three. Like, that's the entirety of it. But as for the under, awesome. Like, good job by by me. Feel really good about the, about the under. I, even though I'm, like, preaching that they're going to improve, I don't think they'll get to a 54-win pace because they're too far under right now. So here's what's interesting with the Warriors. All summer long, we did a lot of preseason podcast stuff. I hated everything the Warriors did. I hated their defense. I dragged the defense of how bad I thought it was going to be. Below average, I thought. And it was there was a lot of talking Brandon off the ledge here in the slack, all over the place. And I talked myself off the ledge. I'll take my own credit for it because we, we know I love Steph, but I love Draymond and I love the Warriors. I hated the I like I, I loved the idea of the under on this team. I was way under on my projections, but I just didn't want my money out there and then Steph to do what he's literally doing right now, hitting every shot in the world, and yeah. me being like, What was I thinking? The Warriors, we've seen this for a decade. Here's the thing. I, I didn't bet this before the season. I wish I would have. That's that's where I got this wrong. This was one of my stronger reads, and I had nailed, I think, the defensive problems. I don't agree with you at all on what you just said. I think this team is in trouble. I think the defense is bad. I don't think that they're a title team later. I I think actually the fact that Steph has been supernova Steph, 12 BPM, 70% true shooting Steph, and and they still can't win a road game. They still can't even win half of their games overall. That is really worrisome to me. Like Maybe he should make his teammates better. What's that? Maybe he should try making his teammates better maybe like I'm clearly not saying these are the same teams, but 
we just talked about the Thunder and a bunch of guys not playing well, but one superstar player carrying them to where they're at. That's the profile of what the Warriors are right now. Now we know like Lou Dort is not Draymond Green. Like We're not saying the same thing here, but I- I'm worried about the team. I project them right now at like 44 and a half wins way under. So your under tickets looking great. That puts you into play in range. And the Warriors are always going to be a vulnerable play in range team because they can lose any given night. We saw it happen two years ago. So uh, what's the number? What's the number you haven't projected at? I'm at 44 and a half. The line right now available at FanDuel is 47 and a half. Yeah. I was so say, again, I'm not playing it because I don't want to bet against stuff. But here's what I will look at. I see out there right now a plus 500 to miss the playoffs. I don't expect the Warriors to drop out of the top 10 and miss the postseason. I think it is very much in play. This is a play-in team to me. This absolutely looks like a play-in team. I don't think, like you've said a couple of times, if the Warriors wanted to be 14-1 right now, they just would be. I, I strongly disagree. I don't think the defense has the guys to do that. And I don't think Steph can really play any better than he is right now. I think if they're scratching and clawing for every win they can get right now, I think it's a play-in team. And if I have a plus 500 to not get out of the play-in, once they're there, obviously the Warriors are going to be probably at home and a big favorite in those games. I think I have a lot of hedge out positions. So I'm not going to take the under. To me, this has become a Pelicans type team. We talked about before this season where I'm looking at at extremes. And I think the extreme bad version is in a player in particular because if what happened, what happens right now tonight or whenever the Warriors play next, Steph gets an injury and is out for three weeks. What happens to that team for three weeks? Because I think it goes real bad real fast. Don't you think that no stuff, which is going to happen sometime this year for a stretch, I think they go like 2-10 and ten during that stretch or something horrible. Probably. It depends on the schedule, right? Like, that's the thing is I, whenever I look at whenever you say a guy's going to be out, it depends on who they play. Sure. That to me is like the issue. If the, if the Denver Nuggets without Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray were playing the Rockets, the Thunder and the Pistons over the next three days, I'd be like, they're probably going to go two and one. Sure. But they're not. They're facing like the Knicks, who are a pretty decent team who they lost to. And then they're facing the Mavericks twice. They're going to go 0 and three. And then the Pistons game is like a coin flip. Um, okay. So you, all right. A couple things here. One, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to press you on this. Are you going to bet them to miss the playoffs plus 500? I want the, I want to know if you're bet. You don't have to say that if you're just like, I'm yeah. not there yet. That's fine. But I need to know this. I am not there yet, but no. watch the app and I will put it in the app. If I, if I want credit for it later, it will be in the app. Okay. Uh, second. So 44 and a half, you won't give me. If I bet you, <laughs> if I bet you one-on-one, no VIG, even 45 and a half. No. Cause I want the extremes. I, okay. I, I told you, like, I, I don't, I don't need a win total here because yeah. Okay. You're not, I you're not going to get, I offered to give yeah. you the under at 45. You did. Well, the, the line is 47 and a half though. It's yeah. I think juice to the under a lot. So well, I, I know I'm, I saw an opportunity here to get under. I don't like, I don't want it at 47 and a half. How about but, a, how about a warriors to make the finals versus warriors to miss the playoffs? Oh, I like that's idea. where we're at. That's where we're I at. Like I think idea. on the extremes. I like this idea. Problem is the, the line of the bookmakers doesn't reflect what you think of the team. So I don't feel like I'm getting good value yeah. there. All right, like well, this, still... is, this is riveting podcast, and let's take this offline. But I, let's 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 look at this out. We'll, we'll talk about it next week on the or, or two weeks from now on the episode. Yeah. We're off next week for the holiday. Uh, another one I feel good about: light the beam, baby. Sacramento Kings over 33 and a half, 44 win pace on the actual. 
Second best offense, schedule adjusted, 44 wins on the Pythagorean. It's not even that. Yes, the shooting is going to go down. That's absolutely true. They're probably not going to win 44 games. I don't care because that still gives me a full 10 games of clearance on the 33 and a half over. 26 and 43 from here on out gets it done, Brandon. 26 and 43. Every time they, oh, I'm sorry. That was before last night. 25 and 43 (laughs) gets it done. Uh, I am so, it's just, I love it when a plan comes together. The Kings are the team I circled and I circled and I circled. They're, They're fine. This is not an awesome team. They're good enough to be competitive. The Kings fans are gonna love them. Don't worry about anything with the playoffs. Just get into the play and make it out of the play and get a playoff spot in the run. So happy with Kings over 33 and a half right now. Yeah. 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 You got this. <laughs> I, I have nothing else to add. The Kings have been fantastic. You were right. I was wrong. They are top seven on threes, threes attempted, three point percent. They lead the league in two point percentage. I thought that Mike Brown would help raise the floor of the team, but I thought it might be defense because that's what Mike Brown's done for, you know, decades. <laughs> Nope. No, the defense is horrendous, but it turns out the offense is real great. Sabonis has been awesome. I'm happy to have my Darren Fox most improved ticket. I think that that could be in play if they make a play and run. I think we get a Kings Warriors playing game. Uh, so I have a strong position on this next team. The Pelicans over under was 44 and a half. We both bet the division for them. You took extreme positions on them like you talked about like that's what you took was like the extreme positions which is totally fine um i feel awesome about it i can tell you have reservations i just finished a a whole thing on the pals there's an article up today on nba bet talking about for futures friday saying that i still like they're still plus 290 at books it's wild where this is still being priced the pelicans are the best team in in the division there's a margin there's a margin between them and everybody else. Do not pay attention to the records. I am telling you, the Grizzlies are not as good as their record. They're going to be worse without Bain. The Pelicans are better than their record. They've missed Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson for multiple games. And the numbers say that they actually should have one more. Their Pythagorean is set for 61 wins. They're not a 61-win team, but that gives me such a wild clearance. Their actual pace is for 49. That still gives me, I was. I did take the over on it because I wanted want to go ahead and like buff it against the possibility of the other teams winning the division still feel really awesome about it. I am telling you like this team is going to be really good in the regular season. Uh, there is so much stuff that has not gone right for them. CJ McCollum before the back-to-back set Tuesday, Wednesday was shooting 29% from three. He shot 44% in the last two games, a two game sample, whatever, but like CJ hadn't gotten going yet. That impacts the spacing. They got to figure out how to balance these JV Zion minutes and how to get both of those guys involved. They need to get Zion more involved in the offensive end, but these are all things they can fix. And they're getting so many contributions from Dyson Daniels and Trey Murphy. Jose Alvarado has been fantastic. He, we talk about those guys that we think should be in the six man conversation that won't win Jose Alvarado. If the the award was awarded, right. Would be the six man of the year, like leader right now in the clubhouse. He's been awesome. Larry Nance has been great. I love this team. They're going to be really good. I'm not looking to talk about playoff futures. I'm just saying I feel awesome about Pelicans over 44 and a half. Yeah. I I'm confused by this team still. I, I, here's what I like. I like that the profile is real good right now for all the reasons you just said, despite I don't really feel that super excited about what Zion has done so far. He's coming around, but it hasn't been as good as what I hoped it would be. CJ and Ingram, I don't think have been that great so far. Those to me sound worrying. 
But then also if your Pythagorean is that you're winning ha- or two-thirds of your game so far, despite the three superstars on your team not being as good as I think, well, that seems pretty good. Like all the reasons we just said, if it takes the superstar supernova staff just to get to 500, that bodes badly. Well, it's the flip side here. If CJ and Ingram really haven't been that great and Zion hasn't been as good as I hoped, and they're still a 10 and five type team by profile, that seems pretty good. So I see that part. Here's the things that worry me. You know, I'm big on like the four factors type stuff. So they're second to last in three point attempt rate. Yep. But they're fifth in three point percentage. That's weird. What like th- this team has nine of their top 12 dudes are 40% on threes or better. Yep. So that worries me. That's going to fall it's, off. It, I talked about this in the video that we did for Green Dot Daily. It's just those lineups with the two bigs. That's entirely it. Is like they don't know how to create threes with two bigs on the floor. And they've got to figure that problem out. And it's going to take some work. It's honestly, it's going to take some work. But I think what they've seen in these last couple of games is going to probably tell them, like, this is who we should be. And it's like, look, the long term thing here is probably moving JV. It just probably yeah, agreed. But or moving yeah, him to the bench. Zion and JV was cool. never going to be the long term answer. So well, that makes like, a lot of sense. He's not going to want to move to the bench. If he was like, hey, I don't care, move me to the bench, that's fine. If they just started Nance and, and Zion and went yeah. to the big ball as a counter, like this is what's great about them for the playoffs and, and in select regular season spots. They have so many different things they can throw at you. If you want to play bully ball, go at, feel free to go up against Zion and JV inside with Herb Jones defensively. Good luck. But most teams are going to want to pace and space. They can go to that look if they need to. They just got to figure out those dynamics. And that explains a lot of the three point stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, so second to last in three-point attempt, fifth in percentage. On defense, they're top quarter of the league in most three-pointers allowed, but second in three-point percent defense. That's the Knicks thing from a couple years ago where they allowed a ton of shots, but magically opponents missed them all. We know that tends to regress. On offense, they have the second most two-point attempts, but they're 20th in percentage. You should have the second most two-point attempts. CJ and Brandon are going to live in the mid-range, and Zion is going to shoot a 1,000 times in the paint. That's okay, but you can't be 20th percentage. Like this is a Suns profile. We're not going to shoot any threes. We're going to shoot all the twos. It's just that Chris Paul is a God and is going to make all the twos. You can't do that profile and then live with the, the percentage range. It's, it's just a very confusing profile to me. If I was a new better, I just would be, I'm out. I need to see more. I'm confused by the team. So I, I, I like that you like the position. What do you got? Uh, my last thing on this is, that two point percentage, if you notice the big, the big problem, they're 16th in mid range. Like it's fine. Those are low percentage shots anyway, but they're fine at them. They're not terrible. They're not great. The problems at the rim, they're 25th percentile. Like you mentioned, 25th yeah. percent actually league wide or 25th ranked. I'm sorry. 25th ranked in the league at the rim. The reason is because I like literally have examples of this. When Zion's in the post JV's in the dunker spot. So right. his defender comes over to guard him. When JV's on the roll, Zion's at the Tunker spot yeah. and his defender comes yeah. over. What, what, just, and it, this yeah. all this all makes sense that that's that the, the two big men is the problem. It's just that coming into the year, that was the, like we all knew that's no surprise. We all yeah. knew that was going to be a weird problem. But the thing that makes their profile good right now is that they're a top 10 defense. Take JV out and play Zion as the big man. I don't think your top 10 defense are close to it anymore. And we're back to the same fear that I've had of just like, I agree. We have identified the two big men thing isn't the solution. I just don't know what the solution is, which is why I'm still confused here. You know what's crazy? The numbers, it, I agree with you long-term, it's going to be bad-ish. 
but they're starting from a really high point. The defensive numbers with Nance, Jose, or Jose Alvarado, and Zion are good. Like, it's literally like the, all yeah. the Zion problems are mitigated because they're able to switch so much and they're so versatile. And you got Herb and Trey Murphy playing really aggressive on the perimeter, and Nance is really good. Like, it works. Like, yeah, that's I, I guess. Line. Yeah, the that's answer the is having line. Herb and and Jose and uh, and Trey out there. It turns out maybe that's the solution, yeah. and you don't need yeah. the the rim protectors to all those. Um, Grizzlies under 51. This is my biggest position. I, I bet this multiple times and I feel awesome about it. It's close right now. The projected actual, they're on pace for 49 wins. Their Pythagorean is 45. Okay. So you're going to, you, what I'm going to hear is like, well, Jaron Jackson hasn't played. Okay. Jaron Jackson comes back. Desmond Bades out several weeks. I, again, I'm just telling you every time, single time I dig into the numbers, my projections say this team is a below average team in power rating. Um, their schedule is extremely soft and that's been a big bump to them. If you kind of dig into like who they've actually been, they're four and six versus the teams over 500. They're five and O versus the teams under 500. Now I always talk about, you got to win those games and that's true. Like you got to win them. They're not winning by margin enough for me to feel like they're going to do that throughout the course of the regular season. I think I have, in, I have injury concerns about like jaw plays the style. He's been amazing. Jaw's been awesome. He's been, he's still incredible. He plays a style that's going to be prone to injury. Bain already having injuries is a concern. Their wing depth has been poor. I don't trust a lot of their wings. Jaron came back the other night and did, and is still the same player. Jaron has three plays where you're like, oh my God, he's amazing. And two and a half plays where you're like, that could have been better. And I don't necessarily consider Jaron Jackson to be a plus. Look at this way. I don't think Jaron Jackson's worth two points at the spread. I don't know that he's worth a point and a half to the spread. I think he's like a one point to the spread kind of player. That's not enough for me to counterbalance everything we've seen before he got back. I think this is going to, this is going to cash under. I got this at 52 in some spots was like mm-hmm. where, where I got it at. Um, there was a 52 and a half. I grabbed, there's a 51 that I got for most of my position. I feel great that this is not going to be a 51 team. Yeah. I had on our Google doc, I had some trepidation here of a, I'm not ready to victory lap this quite yet. I think that's actually wrong. I have I have an under 51 and a half. I feel great about it. I'll, I don't disagree with anything that you just said. I have a lot of concerns for the team still. It's just that I, this was one of my strongest positions. I have an under 45 and a half, an alternate position. I have a miss the playoffs at plus 845. Nice. I don't know about those. Like I, to me, the floor for this team is a little higher than I thought it would be. I still don't really love the ceiling. So I, I don't think they're getting to the 52. I feel pretty good about our traditional unders here. But, the, you know, Bain, Bain has made a leap. We'll see how long he's out and how that affects them now. But Bain has really been good. Right now on the team, Santi Aldama and John Conchar are both top four in minutes on this team. So you take them out and replace them with more Dylan, more Bain, more JJ, obviously. Jaron Jackson, I don't know if he's JJ. But I, I think it's going to be a team that ends up in like the 45 to 50 win range. Like, I feel pretty good about my under. I don't love as much my my alternate low positions anymore. I don't know that I would take those right now, but I, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what they were last year. Trip is a preferred nickname in Memphis. Is Trip? That's what they oh. call it, Triple J. Yeah, sure. Uh, you have some victory lapping to do. Let's start with the Cavs. Uh, we both agreed on over 41 and a half. We took that. We bet that. That was great. We talked about the 46 and a half, and I was like, man, I don't know. This is a big jump for Donovan Mitchell and everything has come up aces for you. They are exactly the team that you kind of thought they would be like, this has been great for you. Yeah. It's, it's been great enough that like, we've talked about the Cavs a lot. I don't know. If there's even a whole lot to add here. The number right now at FanDuel is up to 50 and a half, despite 
that they're on a five-game losing streak right now. Do, does the five-game losing streak worry you? It doesn't, it doesn't really throw me off the scent. I feel great about the, obviously, the 41 and a half. Feel great about the 46 and a half. Feel great about this team. West Coast road trip, a lot of injuries, play the Bucks. Yeah. Like, I will say, like, I, I argue with Jay on our best bets episode. He was trying to tell me that the Cavs are the best team in the division and that they were going to win the division and the Bucks aren't that good. And I was like, they always win the division. They're always good in division <laughs> games. And now your position on uh, Bud division games has been tried and true and is very strong. I've learned this about the, the trends. This is the, one of the bigger takeaways I've gotten to. You need to have overwhelming evidence against a trend that if the, if the trend has logic behind it, right? Like if, it, if yeah. this was, let me put it this way. If the Bucks had had four different coaches in this time, three different, two different coaches, three different coaches, whatever. Sure. And they had different coaches over the span. And the, the number was just since 2019, the Bucks have won X versus the division. I would be like, I don't care. But the, the new rosters, different teams, different constructions, different coaches. I don't care. But this is same stars for the most part. It's Chris and Giannis with Brooke. Same coach, same approach. Yeah. Like that, that trend matters to me. Uh, but anyway, I think you're in in on great spots here. Let me ask you. I'll ask you the same question with Jay, like because you've been kind of high on this. You took the value on the cast of the division, and I think it was like a smart bet given how good they are. Uh, do you think that the Cavs? Do you like? Would you buy? I don't think you'll bet it now because you already have a position. If somebody right. was like, "Hey, I want to bet the Central Division," I would. I'm sure that you would say the Cavs is the only bet worth making because of the numbers. But do yeah. you think the Cavs are going to win the division? I think is the question I'm trying to get to. I mean, no, I don't think they're going to win the division because the Bucks are really good. Right. I think you're right. If I was going to bet the division, I think the Cavs would be the bet, but I'm not sure that the number that I was playing earlier was closer to like four to one. And I think we're probably yeah. closer to half of that right now. Right. And the Bucks are really good. And frankly, like it's a long season, but a five game losing streak matters. And if you're trying to catch the Bucks who are that good in the regular season and who are going to get better once Chris is back, losing five in a row is pretty detrimental to beating that team in the regular season. So I think they can. I don't think they will. Plus 260 is the number of FanDuel. So I really know figure low figure there again. I want to no. go that route. Uh, just head on over to that Southwest division and find yourself the Pelicans at plus 250. Just go ahead and. By, by the way, by the way, Grizzlies, I see out there right now, I see live right now a plus 1,025 to miss the playoffs. You seem lower on the Grizzlies than me. Would you take a plus 1025 to miss the playoffs? No, because you know what happens? They're going to face your Timberwolves in a playing <laughs> game, and the Wolves are going to be up 17 and then blow a 17-point <laughs> lead in four minutes. That's why I will not take that bet. Uh, you took the Rockets. I, I kvetched on this. I leaned under, but kvetched on it after doing the deep dive. I was like, well, there's some ways this is going to gonna hit. And I'll just tell you, the reason this is going to hit is the biggest reason I should have bet this with you. Silas, they have no structure. They have no organization. Yeah. You can't take guys with this loose of an approach without having a great coach. And I'm sorry, I haven't seen it from Silas. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't have too much to add. The, the Rockets are kind of bad at everything. The young guys look young. Jabari Smith looks not ready yet. None of that matters. A few years from now, it all will change, and Jalen Green will be pretty good, and Jabari Smith will be pretty good. Right now, they're not very good. They're going to lose a lot of games. The number is down to 20 and a half. This is my biggest position at 27 and a half. I added more at 25 and a half. Feel pretty good. Can't say I would recommend playing an under 20 and a half because that's real low. <laughs> but I also would not take an over. So I think the Rockets are, I think the Rockets are the worst team in the league. 
you bet you bet a bad tanking team to be bad in tank and you're gonna win you're gonna no. catch that bet no no uh, not, not so, a lot to say there <laughs> yeah well, no but that was here's the thing though like it validates the process i think that's a, that we learned something from that yeah uh hornets under 36 and a half is interesting i was terrified when this team started i was because ter- i have them for worse yeah. record and i'm live for that suddenly i thought they were like with that, those first couple of games i was like they're decent like cliff is doing cliff things and they kind of figured it out and then Lamella got back, and I think they got worse. Uh, four and twelve now. Lamella's hurt again. I just think that you're in a good spot here with the under on thirty six and a half. Yeah, I mean they're on pace for twenty one wins right now after sixteen games. So that obviously, when you had a thirty six and a half, you're you you've dug a huge hole. And we we knew about this. We talked in our Slack about it before the season when we didn't know how long Lamella would be out. At what point he's he's hurt again now? At what point when the team sucks and you have one? really building block player on your roster, do you pull the tanking plug out? The Hornets were always one of the most likely teams to do that if it went badly. And I think we were a little afraid of Steve Clifford raising the floor because he pretty much always does his first year on these teams, but it hasn't happened. The the defense, I guess, has been more bad than terrible. The offense is awful. The offense is like near the bottom of the league. And LaMelo, I don't think, is really a huge ceiling raiser on that. Their bottom five and EFG in free throws. They're not taking a lot of threes. It's it's all bad. Like to me, if you said right now the season ended and the Hornets are one of those four teams with a top lottery odds, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that's it's about where I'm at. So right now at FanDuel, under 30 and a half is plus a hundred. It's even odds. Why why shouldn't I bet that? Why should I not right now add to my position and say <laughs> Give me all the 30 and below. This team is going to tank. They're bad. Even if they don't tank, they probably go below that. But why shouldn't they finish with 30 or fewer wins? I can't give you a logical reason. I can't do it because then they'll go, they'll win 31 games. <laughs> because it's the Hornets. That's yeah, the reason, the right? Because the Hornets defy every expectation. <laughs> I bet against them early in the season. First game of the season, I bet them, I bet against them versus the Spurs and they trounced them. And we know now the Spurs are bad, but then the Spurs went on to win, like, I think five of their next nine games. And then I back the Hornets in various spots and they get destroyed. I just, I can't, I can't bet this Fair. team. I'm, I'm betting against them again tonight. We'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the best values on the board currently. Let's get you some best bets for this episode. I, I got a weird one for you that I'd never kind of expected to be here. Now I want to see what Sunday looks like with the return of uh, the intellectual quote unquote, but the Brooklyn Nets, I I know that I've yelled about this team a lot and I still yell about this team a lot. And I still think that they're wildly disappointing. Brandon, I have not power rated third after the loss last night to the Blazers third in a row. Mm-hmm. I have them power rated third. I have not power rated as the third best team. And you're listening to this and you're like, Matt, what is wrong with your system? They're good at the things that that system likes they're good at half court stuff they're they have a really efficient offense in the half court uh the defense is bad in very specific matchups but overall isn't as bad as one might think and when you kind of dive into what they actually look like you walk away with this is the 10th best schedule adjusted offense and the 20th uh schedule adjusted defense they probably should be better than what they've shown if you look at the nets and what they're actually Pythagorean expected at their actual projected number here is 33 and a half. Their Pythagorean expect expectation is 39. There's a gap there. They're playing better than what the record shows. 
I do not like Kyrie coming back. I think honestly, he might make them worse. I don't love how, like, this is one of the things that annoys me. This happened with the Cavs too. You'll see sequences where the team is moving the ball and it's like, what great ball movement. And then it comes to Kyrie and then he catches it and he stops and holds it and then dribbles three times and shoots a three. And the announcer goes, what great ball movement by the Nets. And I'm like, yeah, until Kyrie fucked it up. Um, this this team drives me nuts. I'm not saying I want to bet it. I I just I think this team might not be. I don't think they're as good as as everyone thought they would be or hope they would be. They're not a title contender, but this team still has a lot of talent and they're playing a lot better under Jacques Vaughn. I I, I can't. I I, know. I can't and I won't and I shall not. And uh, yeah, I just I I don't have anything I don't have anything else on this team. The number right now I see out there is 46 and a half and it is juiced to the over. So you can get plus money over 46 and a half. This early stretch counts. What are they right now? Uh, six and nine, six. They won last night, seven and nine. I, I, I have to update that. Seven and nine. Okay. Are they going to win 47? Do you, are, are you going to play the over? It's 47 still. 46 and a half. No, I can't get there. They're okay. still they're still overvaluing it. See, this is so that's maybe the best way to put this, right? Like I actually looked at here's the thing. I went shopping for the number for them to make the playoffs, being like, surely the market is a yeah. nope. It's still a minus <laughs> 250 for them to make the play. You're never gonna get this team priced right, I think is a lesson here. Is even though I think they're not as bad as the public perception of them is. Yeah. But the bookmakers think that they're way better than that. Well, the then, let's, let's be fair to the bookmakers too. The bookmakers don't think they're better than that. The bookmakers think the public thinks they're better than that. Well, yeah, let's, they, let's be well, very they fair. Think that they'll bet it. That's a, <laughs> they that, think that the money the will come in, and they're right because it is. So I, I agree with you. I think the Nets are better than basketball nerddom is giving them credit for, but still much worse than the books are giving them credit for. Give me a number that you like. For the Nets? No, for just a... Oh, a so I was going to say, no, pass. No. I shall not. <laughs> not. Uh, I yeah. like the Spurs, under 26 and a half. I'm just going to lean in on the bad teams thing. These are my top picks here. I put the Spurs into the app already a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about the Spurs earlier. They're bad. They're, they're very bad. I mentioned uh, the, the pace thing. They're near the top of the league in pace. For me, that's kind of a special sauce. That, to me, I interpret that as... Greg Popovich being like, all right, well, let's have fun. Let's let's say it's kind of a fun team to watch right now, but let's up the pace and make sure that we give the opponent all the chances they can to be better than us and make sure we lose some games and, and get a victor chance for next year. That's to me what I interpret a bad team playing at pace as they're not getting free throws. They're not, they're turning it over a ton. The defense is horrendous right now. Pop can't fix it. We don't have the personnel here. Devin Vassell and Kellen Johnson are pretty good early, but they're fading. Again, lots of Jeremy Sohan, who I love, who I will like long-term, but is not ready for this right now. So they they lost seven of eight. I took the under 26 and a half. It's still out there. I don't think it's like a huge, huge under, but it could be if they really try to bottom out. I, I project them like 23 or 24. I, I still think it's a team I'm happy to be fading. I'm with you. I Their impressive job of disguising the tank, winning early and then exactly. like they're i'm with you on this i'm probably gonna bet that as well um we you've got the pistons on here for the under 28 and a half i'm with you they're horrible uh this this team is so horrible bad. offensively they're a rough watch they are not fun to watch Cade's missed some time i'm worried that they're gonna get it together like they did last year in march 
right? Like just go yeah. on a streak at the end. So I'm kind of hesitant, but boy, they're they're not really a tank team. They're not they're right. not necessarily they they want to win. They want to establish the culture. But like, I think I think Dwayne Casey maybe got to go. Like when when you are this bad with this type of talent on the roster, they they're thirtieth in net rating. They're thirtieth in EFG. Their bottom quarter of the league in defensive EFG, their 30th in defensive rebounding, their 28th in turnovers. It's all bad, bad, bad. Cade hasn't been good. Ivy hasn't actually been terrible for a rookie. Yeah. The, the one player who's been good for them is Bojan, who I think they're probably going to trade. You have to trade Bojan if your team is this terrible. And you talked before the season, too, if I remember right. This is a team where the schedule was really imbalanced from first half of the year to second half of the year. And there was a chance that they could really get buried early. And when you're a bad team that gets buried early, the decision yeah, but... gets made for you. You don't get to decide anymore if you're going to compete later. Dwayne Casey couldn't even beat the Raptors without Fred Van Vliet, yeah. Pascal Siakam, and Gary Trent. Yeah, Wait, I know how you love the Dwayne Casey revenge spot. That's he, if you can't get that one. He pushed though, pushed on the spread. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, all right. So you've got you, you want me to talk you into one of three teams. Give me this proposition that you got for me. Okay, so th- these are the other three. As I was looking at teams, so I've got I've got three other here that I, I'm I'm on the fence. I'm I'm leaning a direction. So I like the Mavs over forty seven and a half. We're we're juiced to the to we're, we're plus one hundred five on that one. I like maybe I don't even want to say I like it. The Timberwolves line right now is forty and a half. Uh huh. They only have to go five hundred. To go over on that one, which just stunned me, stunned me to see that line. And then the last one is Joe Dallara's Indiana Pacers over 28 and a half. I kind of like the profile. So, so let me, I'll make you a, a 30 second case for each one of these, these, and then you can give me your thoughts on it and I'll let you know if I'm in or out. So the Mavs, I just like the profile. I like, we've talked about their profile a lot. I like what the offensive profiles as. The defense has been much better than I thought. I thought they were going to regress off of last year, and the defense has been pretty good. They're limiting threes. They're taking a ton of threes. It's a little disguised because the pace is so deathly slow. Obviously, if Luka gets hurt for any extended length, you're just under. To me, Mavs over 47.5 is like a very easy choice. It's just that if they go over, shouldn't I just bet Luka MVP? That's the argument against it, but I think it's a clear 50s wins team. Wolves over 40.5. It just feels like a buy low spot. Like they've been terrible. They hate each other. I feel right about my Timberwolves trade position so far. We're only 15 games in. It doesn't look great. They're going to win half of their games, right? Like they're not going to tank. They're all in. They don't have any draft picks till the year 3000. So they have to at least try to win some games and win half of the games. That seems wild. And the Pacers, just the Pacers offense has been really good. Tyrese Halliburton has been great. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner certainly seem like players who could help a winning franchise like the Lakers. They've been very good. Ben Matherin has been great. They seem like a team that, like when earlier when we were picking teams to be bad and worse than the Magic, the Pacers weren't a team you seemed excited to put into that list. I, I think the Pacers can hang around the playing race. So I kind of like all three of those teams by their profile. Talk me out of it. Dallas, it's a, a matter of <clears throat> Luca has such an incredible amount on him and he misses a handful of games anyway. I don't, they're right on the margins of these things with their Pythagorean. Like you're not getting good value on it. Like if this was 45, mm-hmm. I think the perception on Dallas is a little bit worse than like what the record is. You know, they they lost a game without Luca to the Rockets, whatever. 
that adjusts it a little bit. But it kind of shows you how weak they are structurally. They don't they signed JaVale to a three-year deal and he's already been benched. They've had some injury stuff, but not too bad. Dallas is exactly where I thought they would be. I think that they are on the dot. I think that number is is accurately priced, and I don't think you're getting good value on it. So here, here's a one quick stat with Dallas. So they're number one in three point attempt rate. We we kind of don't see it because they're so slow, but they're 23rd in three point percentage. Luca 29 percent, Reggie Bullock 29 percent, Tim Hardaway Jr. 32 percent, Maxi Claver 27 percent. Those four guys are 88 of 295, under 30% shooting. And we know Slaver is hot and cold. Luca gets hot and cold. We know Balak and Hardaway, like their job is to make threes. So if you take the profile that exists right now and, and positively regress that percentage, and now you're hitting an extra like couple threes a game, five more points a game, that seems pretty good to me. Like the profile looks good and the shooting has to get better here from shooters we know are pretty good. That's what I like about them. Yeah, um, I think that's probably true. I think there's still kind of a concern of the defense regressing a little bit, even though it's been yeah. kind of stable. Um, I just, th- again, I think it's, I, if you if I had to bet it, I would bet the over. I'm with you. Fair. That's not a great we, value. I don't think our margin is enough for us to consider that one. Indiana, oh boy. Uh, I can't tell you no. So Miles Turner has a plus 2.5 net rating, Buddy Heald has a plus 2.2 net rating. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton has a 0.2, which you're still well over, right? Like if you play every team even, it's pretty good there. They don't have anybody that's awful. I I feel like you're buying high, but the number says you're still buying right. low. Yeah. So yeah, it's it. I, so with the Pacers. I feel like the Pacers are, to me, clearly better than Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando. Those yeah. are three teams I'm going to have clearly behind them. So now you're at least a 12 seed. Now it's the motivation thing. Can they, uh, to me, Charlotte, or not Charlotte, Chicago, New York, Washington, I don't really see any reason to think Indiana shouldn't believe they're as good as those teams and could contend to get into a play-in race. That's like your 9, 10, 11, 12 seeds. And Brooklyn, Atlanta, Toronto, Philly, Miami, those are teams where they're certainly not as good, but the bottom could fall out on one or two of those teams. So I, I think maybe... I think, that, I think that it's just as likely the bottom falls out on Indy. Yeah, it's possible. And maybe they bottom, maybe they cut the bottom out <laughs> as well. So I think maybe the answer for me here is, I think my hesitation is, if this is the team we got, I, I feel very good about an over 30 and a half. I just don't know if this is the team we got yeah. here. Yeah. I would feel better about like, and over 34 and a half with a plus 250 or something. So I see a 13 to one to make the playoffs. I might nipple that actually, because it's, it's an extreme one here. Like if you try, you make the play in their team that shoots a ton of threes and they're going to be dangerous in a one out spot. I, I don't think they will, but I think 13 to one is too long. I think it's too long. I just don't love it. I, I mean, part of that is I think you should bet it. And the reason is because if it's Chicago versus Indiana in a playing game, you and Joe and all of our slack are going to be on the Pacers <laughs> and I'm going to be on the bulls. And like, that's yeah. just what's going to happen. So from that perspective, now you do, you'd have to hedge it with a, a favorite, which we don't love. And it'd be right. a heavy fit. Like, well, and then be- frankly, we're probably in the, the, the nine, 10 game. And I probably have to win that one and one more to get yeah. the Pacers in. So it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. It's, it's wolves for me. It's wolves okay. with a bullet. This is this is the one that you can look at and go, the market is overreacting. Like you can just look at this and go, like this was a 47 win team and now they're below 500. Come on. Uh, yeah. 
look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say things are good. Uh, Anthony Edwards needs to get, honestly, I think Anthony Edwards needs to get his attitude right. Like, him, I'm sorry that you have Rudy Gobert now. Figured out. I'm sorry <laughs> that you're not going to win most improved. Figured out. Like, they need to trade D'Angelo Russell, but they're not going to trade him right now. Figured out. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, there's a lot, there's some things with this team I really like. The all the bad stuff is just them trying to me. I look at them and they're just they're trying to figure out a very hard puzzle and they're frustrated that they have to figure it out. That's the biggest thing is like, hey, if we figure this out, we could be great. We could be even better than last year. And the rest of the guys that were there last year are like, but we were good. Why can't we just be good? Because we were good. And it's like, you're not going to untrade Rudy Gobert. This isn't you're never going back to that team. That's over with. You're going to have to get it together. And eventually, I think they'll probably realize that winning cures all wounds. They'll find a, a soft spot in the schedule, get some momentum. I, I think 44 sounds right to me. I think 42 on the soft end sounds possible. 40 is too low. So if you're going to bet one of these, I would definitely be on the Wolves over 40 and a half. No, I think so. I, I think that pep talk was as much for Brandon Anderson as it was for Anthony Edwards. We, we can't go back. We're stuck with Rudy now. But yeah. Ant and Rudy have both been so bad and and like they're good players. They're going to have to be better over time. And I think this thing comes around. It's really hard for me to imagine how this team, like there's seven and eight is for as bad as it looks. They're basically a 500 team. And we were projecting them to stay basically a 500 team the rest of the way. No, the bad scenario is what we've seen. This is the low end and they're still basically at the number here. So I think you're right. This is the one. All right, let's go wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Glad to have you guys with us. We'll be back. We're taking next week off for the holiday for Black Friday. Make sure you get your shopping in. Make sure to download the Action Network app. We'll have pro subscriptions on sale for Black Friday. Make sure to check all that stuff out in the Action Network app. We'll have all of our content on there as well, but we're taking the week off uh, for the podcast. Brandon, I'll be back the following Friday. I'll be back with you on the following Monday, getting you wrapped up. We will have podcast. Here's the schedule for the podcast. Sunday night recap episode of the weekend with Joe Delera and Jim Turvey. Uh, on Tuesday morning, you'll have best bets. You'll have best bets on Wednesday as well. So we got pods for you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, taking off the rest of the week, normal schedule the week after. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great holiday. Hope you enjoy it. We'll talk to you guys again next time. But no matter what you do on the Thanksgiving, make sure you get buckets. <laughs>